Hey everyone, you're listening to the Simple Electronics Podcast. I'm your host, Simple Electronics. And with me, I have a very special guest today. I have Andrea from Arduino. How are you? Thanks. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. That, that's good. I'm doing well as well. Um, a little bit of a time difference between us. Uh, you're, uh, you're all the way over in Europe. Yeah, currently I'm based in Italy. So yes, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, offset zone. <laughs> What's the uh, what's the weather like in in Italy these days? Oh, it's uh, you know winter time, so temperature uh, you know minus three, four degrees Celsius. So yeah, that's normal stuff. Not not so bad, let's say. <laughs> yeah, us too. It's pretty mild here. It was uh, it finally got down to minus fifteen oh. last night and the day before. But other than that, it was like uh, hovering between minus two and plus three. Oh, okay, that's 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 almost the same here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But typically, I mean, here it'll get quite a bit colder. So um, basically, it's going to be time to uh, to start our weather station pro- projects here in in Canada. That's that's for sure because the the temperature these days have been kind of unprecedented. It's been very mild. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Then the weather, weather projects, uh, it's always something that I like. So seeing the temperature range, seeing the, the trends and whatever, it's always something magic for me. <laughs> so any kind of weather project I like so much. <laughs> and we will definitely get into that uh, this episode. But first, um, for the listeners, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what you do, please? Yes, sure. Thanks for asking. So um, my role is uh, head of the business unit uh, dedicated for professional in uh, Arduino. So basically, um, we provide uh, to the customers, uh, in this case uh, for uh, companies, um, the way to leverage uh, our hardware and our services uh, into their business. So my daily job is to help companies to find a perfect solution for their needs and not only for internal usage, uh, but also in case of um, system integrators or companies that doing stuff for uh, other, um, in some way advice, uh, uh, which could be the perfect solution uh, in terms of hardware, in terms of uh, uh, cloud, in terms of connectivity that we can provide uh, in uh, in a sort of uh, end-to-end uh, uh, partner. That's a, that's super interesting. I, um, I, I really want to dive in there but you have to you have to tell me because i don't know too too much about the arduino world um now if we go on arduino.cc and we take a look at the development boards are these the kinds of products that you're dealing with the pros or are they mostly uh, chip level customers well uh arduino uh yeah i can i can tell you a little bit of a story uh arduino started in 2005 and uh was Basically, uh, was invented uh, because uh, uh, because in um, Institute of Ivrea of Design, there were designers that uh, need to uh, create something uh, con- with uh, with the objects. And uh, at that time, uh, with uh, dealing with electronics uh, was uh, painful, and so um, for them uh, was really hard, you know, to create something uh, with the with the objects. So that's uh, that's why. Why uh, our uh, founders created this uh, board? That uh, basically, mm, it's uh, it's uh, some kind of uh, mm, 
Swiss knife, uh, you know, for uh, uh, creating this kind of uh, uh, objects uh, and create some kind of experience uh, uh, around that. So we started with the Uno, that is the, um, probably the most known uh, Arduino board in the world. And, uh, and then we, you know, continue to uh, provide uh, different kind of boards for different kind of usage, but basically uh, providing the same experience. Uh, so Arduino was uh, was born uh, for uh, uh, you know making uh, en enabling anyone to innovate uh, by making complex technologies uh, but simple to use. So this is uh, basically our mantra that it's. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, we continue, you know, to to create uh, products uh, with the with uh, with this uh, uh, in mind, and so we started, you know, uh, continue. So we continue to uh, create uh, boards uh, like uh, the, uh, as I said, the Arduino Uno is the one was the one. Uh, then uh, we had the Mega, the Nano, the Micro, and so uh, at some point. Uh, we saw that uh, you know this kind of movement uh, exploded. So the maker moving, movement uh, had a real, a real you know um, expansion, and uh, at some point uh, we saw that not only uh, makers, uh, not only designers, but also schools start to you know work with uh, with that. So teaching was the second uh, big step for uh, for Arduino. So that's why uh, we started to create uh, um, education products um, and uh, and for that the idea was uh, to create some kind of experience especially made for uh, uh, for schools for uh, and then for teachers but uh, uh, at, at the end uh, create some uh, some kind of experience that was uh, useful to be used uh, in a classroom environment and then finally uh, uh, as uh, you know, uh, year over year, uh, we grow a lot. Our usage, uh, our users grow a lot, and at some point, also cost, um, companies started to use because uh, uh, it was really um, also uh, in, for for the companies was interesting uh, the fact that uh, um, they can start to. Um, to think about a new product, uh, start to prototype with uh, with the board in a very easy way, but at some point, uh, you know, that starting from the uh, development uh, or prototyping board and uh, going to production, it changes a little bit. So that's why uh, uh, companies ask it for a more professional uh, board, so some more professional uh, products. And so that's why <clears throat> last year. Uh, we uh, started uh, this uh, new uh, business unit uh, that provides uh, new new kind of boards uh, made of industrial grade uh, with uh, high temperature range and uh, powerful enough to you know uh, have a uh, a reply for the customers that needs this kind of more advanced uh, capabilities and uh, yeah so in terms of uh, numbers just to give you a little bit of uh, idea and right now the Arduino community uh, as I said we started in 2005 and right now we have uh, roughly uh, 33 millions of people that every year uh, come to our website our IDE 
uh, is downloaded uh, more than 40 millions every year and uh, we have more than 1 million on uh, of active users on uh, on our Arduino forum so imagine this kind of footprint uh, in uh, in this uh, different uh, markets so uh, we have three business units uh, right now we have uh, the maker business unit we have the education business unit and then we have the pro business unit and you're the head of the pro business unit correct yes, exactly yeah so i just want the listeners to be cognizant of one thing because uh when i say arduino on my youtube channel uh, i'm typically referring to the physical goods the the boards the microcontrollers the the prototyping but Arduino is more than that. Arduino, as you said, the IDE has been downloaded, what, for, what do you say, 40 million times per year? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm bad with numbers, so sometimes you'll have to remind me. But so <laughs> the IDE is a big deal. The forums is a big deal. Uh, all these things conspire together to make it an accessible sort of thing. It's no longer, like Arduino is not a board. And that's just what I want to make sure the audience understands that our Arduino is more than a board. It's an ecosystem. And if people, um, if people have ever looked into alternatives to the Raspberry Pi, for example, and came up with the Orange Pi, it's a Chinese, it's not even a clone, it's a completely different thing, but it's a single board computer. You can use that as a Raspberry Pi, but the thing about the Raspberry Pi is it's got community support, it's got documentation, it's got um, design files, it's got all sorts of things. And I would say that's the same thing with Arduino. If you get an Arduino, you get the community, you get the IDE, you get the libraries, you got user-submitted content. Am I, am I about right uh, when I talk about Arduino like this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're right. Uh, so we are uh, uh, we are a community-based <laughs> uh, company because uh, uh, we created, uh, we pioneered this uh, movement. But uh, right now, uh, the community is really huge. And uh, uh, just uh, to give you some uh, some other numbers, uh, uh, we have more than four thousand officially reported libraries so it means that uh, almost every sensor that it's uh, in the in the wild that is in the market has uh, an arduino uh, library for use it and this is uh, something that it's uh, you know thanks to our community that it's uh, it's uh, incredible and we love a lot uh, because uh, you know when when you when you buy an Arduino uh, as you said you 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 not only buy a piece of hardware but you buy the entire you can enter into this uh, huge uh, community yeah and i completely agree and i will say if it wasn't for Arduino and the maker movement itself i wouldn't have a youtube channel i decided to to start my road in learning micro microcontrollers, not in PIC and not in, um, uh, you know, not in uh, ST microcontrollers, I decided to go with Arduino. And I think accessibility was why, because uh, it just seemed like there was so much example code, so many people working into it that I could I could basically find my way around if I got into into programming trouble. So I really appreciate the community aspect uh, of Arduino. What would you say, because um, the maker movement exploded sort of 
uh, alongside Arduino. But would you, what would you say, Arduino, the, the company and Arduino, the products, what would you say um, they did for the maker movement? Do you say, would you say that they have helped it along? Would you say that they have pushed it further? What, what would you say? But if you think about uh, Arduino, you know, as a community, um, uh, it's nice because uh, we are always pushed by the community. We are, uh, uh, we want to, you know, in some way make the community happy with our products, with our services, and uh, we learn a lot from the community. So it's quite uh, strange also uh, sometimes when I when I talk about Arduino uh, it happens that it's uh, it's strange for the people that are hearing this kind of uh, company uh, that it's made basically we are in Arduino we are um, more or less 120 people that are you know I would say official Arduino but we are you know <laughs> the Arduino community it's really Again, huge. We are uh, so many people, and uh, and, and the, what what the community does, it's uh, it's um, extraordinary uh, uh, help uh, because uh, they always uh, push us, uh, you know, to to create uh, stuff, to create things to support, uh, um, and uh, and. The community it's uh, it's a real strange thing, and it's uh, uh, it's nice uh, because uh, they always ask you you know to improve things and they help uh, into this uh, kind of improvement. So it's some way uh, uh, both uh, uh, giving and uh, and receive. Uh, so it's uh, it's really it's really uh, I don't know how to explain. But it's really nice. It's really good. Absolutely. So, so what role would you say Arduino had in the maker movement? Yeah, basically, um, the, the makers, uh, it's, uh, you know, it was uh, the, the first market for us uh, when we started. And then uh, we continued to, you know, take care of this uh, uh, market because uh, it's, uh, it's really important for us. And um, and so in in some way, uh, as uh, as I said, we we contribute to create. And then, if you think about the first three uh, D printers, uh, were based on Arduino board. If you think about the drone, the first one was uh, equipped with uh, with an Arduino board inside. If you think about the software uh, regarding also the drones, uh, was made around uh, an Arduino board. So um, we started the makers community, and then uh, we continue to um, to add uh, stuff to that world in order to let the people innovate without asking permission. That it's something that it's uh, beyond products, uh, that it's beyond software, that it's beyond hardware. It's uh, you know, uh, it's real. Uh, um, uh, how can I say? Uh, a really uh, way of thinking, right? So if you think uh, that you want to create your own uh, weather station, we, we talked about before. So uh, you can grab an Arduino board, you can attach sensors, you can start playing in one day, today, uh, two days. Uh, and it's uh, something that I would say that it's magic. It truly is. 
It truly is because you can literally, uh, and you know, my viewers have seen me, like I, I'm basically terrible at programming. The running joke around my friend group is that um, I cry every time I see an NRF 24L01 because I just can't get it to interface with anything. But, um, <laughs> but I can put a DHT11 or a DHT12 sensor on an Arduino with a couple little jumper leads. In fact, sometimes I don't bother. I just stuff the pins into the into the female headers. And uh, with a library and the Arduino IDE and an Uno, I get I get it going in 20 minutes. You know, we're, we're logging in, in 20 minutes. So it's that kind of accessibility that people like me require. Because if I even had to try to learn how to program a PIC micro, like at the moment, I, I still don't know how to do it. I have pick micros. I'm going to learn it. But it's not as simple as booting up the IDE, plugging into an Uno, and uh, uploading code. It's not that easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. So here comes uh, maybe a little contentious question. Um, but what do you personally, or do we know as a company, I'm not sure in what capacity you can answer this question, what are your views on um, counterfeit boards? So ones that are manufactured elsewhere and they have the Arduino branding on it and versus clone boards, which do not have any Arduino branding anywhere versus the genuine Arduino product. Well, uh, that's a good question. Thanks uh, for asking. Uh, of course, as you know, uh, we are open source. We open source the hardware, and this was one of the key of the success. And at the same time, we open sourced the software. And again, it was uh, one of the key uh, things that made uh, the Arduino project uh, a successful project. So we encourage people, you know, also to experiment on that side. Um, what we want to do is to, you know, on some just uh, keep uh, the genuinity of the Arduino products by um, uh, by uh, creating trademark around the logo and the naming. Uh, so in that case, people they can uh, recognize an official Arduino board. So uh, in terms of counterfeiting, we are uh, fighting uh, against because uh, you know uh, we are. Uh, we are encouraging uh, legit people, uh, legit product uh, to be on the market. So when it comes to, you know, clones, uh, but at the same time, we fight against uh, the, the, the companies or people that runs their business on uh, our logo and on our uh, trademarks. So um, what we do is uh, uh, to, to, you know, uh, we have a, a legal department uh, that uh, scans the web for uh, uh, counterfeited products and we fight against them. But at the same time, we released uh, uh, schematics, uh, we released uh, the, the source code for the software. And so in that way, we encourage people again to improve uh, the, uh, the, the, the products that we make. Okay, so I mean, I don't think it's anybody's disagreeing that a, a counterfeit product is not okay because uh, Arduino, has the trademark and they have the logo and you don't want anybody buying a board that is an Arduino that didn't come from Arduino itself. That makes 
all the sense in the world. Um, but how about the sale of clone boards? Where they're not Arduino, they are an Atmel microcontroller on a board, which is Uno compatible. What's uh, what's the thought on that? Well, um, as I said, uh, with the, with the open source license, you are free to, to you know create your own product based on uh, I don't know the, the most uh, the most used one is the three two eight the Atmel three two eight that you you can see on the Uno, and this is one of the most uh, used uh, microcontroller for creating new boards around that. Um, then uh, uh, we have the second one is the Mega, so the Atmel uh, 2560, uh, that is the, the other one. So consider that for every Arduino original board, there's a seven clones out there. So this is just to give you a number. And uh, in that case, uh, you know, uh, we encourage people to buy genuine product. Uh, but because of course uh, uh, we are a company, so at, at the end of the month we have to pay bills, right? Um, so of course uh, we encourage uh, people to buy genuine products, uh, but just because you know you, with this product you support the community. So at, at the same time, uh, but of course uh, if you want to buy a clone, there's uh, you know nothing against that. Um, one thing that you have to remind is that uh, if you buy an Arduino project, uh, a pro Arduino, a genuine product, uh, uh, you support the community. And that's, and I think that's important to mention as well, because uh, supporting the community should lead to community developments, right? Like, uh, I guess you guys design new boards with uh, the with the funding that comes from selling boards, I assume. Absolutely, absolutely. And then if you consider that the IDE is uh, freely available, uh, and the same in that case, uh, we found the, uh, the entire team just with, uh, with, the, with selling the boards. So if you had a beginner listening to this podcast, um, and they're just going on your website, uh, arduino.cc, uh, heading to the shop, what would you recommend a beginner start with do you have uh, do you have something a, a preferred board that uh, someone new should pick up uh, well um, if you're a total beginner probably the most interesting product is uh, the Arduino starter kit the Arduino starter kit uh, is one of the most bestseller uh, in our products uh, because it contains everything that you need for starting but not only on the electronics, but also on programming, because um, there are many starter kits out in the market. Uh, our uh, own, that is uh, uh, eight years old right now, something like that, uh, it has um, uh, a book with, uh, with a lot of uh, um, tutorials uh, that covers not only uh, the, the electronic side, so uh, with, uh, with this uh, tutorial you can learn how uh, connect or what is a resistor, uh, what is a LED, LEDs, uh, how to connect, and uh, so it covers not only the electronic part, but also the programming side of the 
of, of, uh, of the product. So um, you can also learn about uh, uh, the Arduino language uh, that it's mainly C uh, derived uh, language. And so you can learn step by step uh, both on the electronic side and both on the software side, so the, the programming language. And so in that, in, so you can proceed uh, with the learning curve that it's uh, um, that was uh, intended to be uh, really easy for uh, for beginners. So you start with the simple things uh, and you go through the tutorials. If I'm not wrong, we have 17 tutorial in the in the book uh, that you can start experiment and create nice things. So at the end, you can decide which could be you know the the, the next step. So in that case, you can uh, you can start by uh, probably uh, just the board and then attaching different sensors. Uh, and so in that case, you have plenty of uh, you know opportunities because you can start with again with the Uno that it's contained into the starter kit. You can buy the Mega that it's more capable in terms of pins. Uh, you can go into the MKR. Uh, series that are uh, connected boards, so you can start to uh, work with uh, with the IoT connected side. You can uh, try our cloud. So there's uh, you know a full range of uh, opportunities uh, that you can uh, you can follow if you if you want to continue to stay uh, within the Arduino world's uh, world. And, um, and in that case, uh, we provide uh, different, really different uh, ways of uh, continuing uh, by adding different kind of uh, connectivities. So you, if you want to uh, experiment with Wi-Fi, with Bluetooth, uh, but not only this, uh, you know, normal uh, connectivities, but we have uh, narrowband, uh, we have LoRa, uh, we have Sigfox. Uh, so every kind of connectivity is... Uh, provided uh, with uh, with an Arduino board. So there's a plenty of opportunities, uh, you know, that uh, people can uh, start. So the beginner is uh, my, my suggestion is to start with uh, with the starter kit. And that, that has the Uno uh, form factor. Arduino yes, in uh, it, right? there's, a, there's a Uno uh, board inside it. That makes sense. And I feel like the Uno is also important to mention that it has the most shields available for it. There's uh, there's shields for every uh, Arduino product, but I find the Uno is the one that you'll find the most shields for, at least in my opinion. Yes, absolutely, because it uh, was the, the first one, so people started to think tinkering around that. Companies created uh, um, shields around that. So if I'm not wrong, there are more than 500 shields in the market, more or less. That's so many shields. Um, what do you find that you're pro clients are using are they using uh like the 328ps are they using the 2560s what are you what are you seeing more on that end um well the, the customers actually they are more um uh, keen to use uh, uh the mkr series board and um, and then of course uh, the latest uh, board that uh, um, we released, uh, so the Portenta uh, families. Uh, the the MKR shields uh, are uh, really good because they have um, 
uh, small sites, uh, they are capable to run low power, um, they are open to different kind of connectivities and uh, and they have um, uh, the same pinout. So this could be interesting for the companies if they want to create products with different, for example, connectivities, uh, they can, you know, create some, uh, uh, some custom board uh, if they need and then switch one board or another. So for example, if uh, uh, they create uh, uh, an agriculture uh, project, uh, that is one of the most used, uh, they can use, uh, uh, for example, the, the LoRa board, the MKR um, MKR, MKR uh, one thirteen hundred that has the LoRa connectivity. But at some point, uh, they want to, you know, start uh, with three uh, G uh, connectivity. So in that case, they just need to switch uh, the board. So uh, uh, instead of using the MKR1-1300, uh, uh, they can use the MKR-GSM. So in that case, they just change a little piece of software that handles the connection and they are uh, good to, to go for uh, for adding uh, this, uh, this connection. So um, probably um, the most used um, boards are the MKR. And then for more professional people, uh, as I said, we launched the Portenta H7 that it's, uh, you know, a new uh, way of uh, thinking about Arduino products because it has a, a real powerful uh, microcontroller and uh, it has a high temperature range, uh, industrial uh, grade uh, hardware components. So in that case, they can move up uh, and open, uh, for example, in uh, AI and machine learning world, uh, um, their, their product. Yeah, basically the I guess the the three twenty eight P that's on the Arduino Uno is a oh geez I don't want to get this wrong a sixteen bit um sixteen bit eight bit sixteen yeah. megahertz that's what it is yeah, right exactly exactly um processor with the uh, with quite a bit of I O but but not theoretically that much so I'm guessing that's why the the M K R series exists to have a lot more processing power, a lot more I.O., and a lot more versatility, I guess, for, for driving different things. Yes, you're right. So basically, the MKR series features uh, all uh, uh, 32-bit uh, microcontroller, that it's a SAMD21. And so, yeah, it's more capable of doing different, uh, different stuff, and of course, it's uh, more faster. Is this a response to... Um, Espressive, um, Espressive's offerings on the market have been have been pretty crazy. A lot of their stuff is is very nice, and they don't quite they don't they don't nearly have the amount of uh, support, the amount of uh, flexibility, and the uh, programming prowess that that Arduino has. But do you think that this Maker series is sort of like competing with that? Uh, well, not because, uh, we, uh, for example, for the MKR Wi-Fi 1010 that we have, that it's uh, the Wi-Fi uh, uh, connected board, uh, we actually use the ESP32 from Expressive. So um, we are, uh, you know, partnering with them. Uh, of course, uh, uh, when it comes to modules, uh, um, they are uh, they are quite known. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, we want to be uh, one of the other things that it 
could be interesting for your listener is that uh, we want to provide the best uh, solution uh, and we are hardware agnostic so we don't want to be tied to any kind of vendor we don't want to be tied you know to um, we, we want to be uh, to be free in order to uh, provide the best solution for our uh, for our users so that's why we try to partner with you know everyone um, of course so when there are uh, uh, you know uh, partnership that can make sense uh, we we are really open uh, to do that because it's the only way uh, to provide uh, technology to, to the people that's a that's a really eloquent way of putting it it's good to not be part of a single camp when I mean, in most things in life, uh, a, a crossing of different expertises is what gives us the best product in the end. And I believe the viewers will, or the listeners will be very pleased to hear that Arduino's focus is on the best product and not on keeping um, sort of the ecosystem closed. It's never been about that, which is awesome. Yes, exactly, exactly. What we we don't want to have uh, it's uh, lock-in mechanism. So um, that's why either on the, on the software side, uh, on the on the hardware side, we want to provide the best solution that we can. So th this is one of the key uh, messages. And you're answering these questions. You're very well spoken. Um, what what kind of background do you have personally to uh, to be able to work at Arduino? Because uh, you definitely sound uh, sort of uh, well, to, I don't know the proper word, but you definitely sound qualified. So do you have any formal training in uh, the electronic space? <laughs> well, that's a good question. No, I have uh, actually uh, an economic background, um, but I'm passionate since uh, the beginning, since I was a boy <laughs> uh, with the technology. So I started my journey into the job uh, in uh, in the technical and uh, in the technical side. So um, I started uh, um, as a, a system uh, engineer. And uh, and then uh, I continued to stay on the ICT side. And uh, before joining Arduino, Arduino, I was uh, 15 years uh, old working in a company in the ICT world. And then I joined Arduino six years ago, and I started as a, in a project manager for a, for a product. And then uh, since then I started, you know, to uh, to be a product manager and uh, for a, for a single product, uh, and then I move to the hardware uh, product manager for for all the boards in Arduino, and then uh, last year I moved to this new role, uh, heading this uh, business unit. That's awesome. What's the what's the company culture like? What what's it like working at Arduino? Is everything blue and white, like all, all over the walls and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are a, a quite dynamic company. Uh, we uh, we are spread, uh, I would say, around the world uh, because um, we have offices, uh, officially offices uh, in Italy, Sweden, uh, United States, um, but we have uh, people really around the world. So the idea is to find talented people, uh, talented guys, and, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, not forcing them to be, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in a single uh, place. Uh, but they, if they want to stay at home uh, um, on the other side of the world, that's fine for us. Uh, we don't uh, have any kind of, you know, restriction on that. And so smart working, uh, smart people, it's uh, something that we are used to uh to to be uh, so for example uh we of course uh, as uh, many of you all of you were hated by the covid 19 uh, pandemic situation and our structure uh, was uh, already uh, ready for uh, uh, working at home uh, in a smart way so we actually uh, apart from you know not do not going at the office uh, um everything was uh, uh, the same. So we were already used to work at home uh, without any kind of limitation. And so this was really useful uh, because we didn't uh, have to change our behavior. Uh, my team is really spread around the world. I don't have, a, I'm currently based in Italy, in Turin, uh, but I don't have anyone here uh, in, uh, in Turin. So uh, the people is uh, spread around the world. So uh, for me, uh, when uh, we decided for safety reasons, of course, uh, uh, to close the physical offices, uh, nothing changed for me. Well, that's good to hear that at least, uh, at least, you know, you want to think that tech companies would be ready for anything that's being thrown their way. And we've seen time and time again that it's that's not true for all the tech companies. And I'm really glad to see that Arduino as a company was flexible enough to, to take this in stride and, and not miss too much uh, Productivity. I'm sure there's a lot of people that that depend on Arduino services and Arduino boards to to keep their themselves afloat. So I'm glad to see that a company is able to be flexible like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Since the beginning, uh, so we we didn't change uh, our way of working. Um, of course, the production should be uh, up and running hundred uh, uh, percent. So in that case, uh, this is another uh, key message: is hundred uh, percent of the boards are made in Italy, and um, and so we managed to uh, keep uh, the uh, the people working uh, on, on a safe side uh, inside our um, manufacturing plants. And uh, so just, uh, you know, few days of adapting uh, the, the, the things needed uh, for creating a safe environment for all the people working in. And then we continue to, you know, create products uh, and manufacturing. That's great. Um, you may not be able to answer this and that's totally fine because I'm putting you on the spot. Um, but do you think there's any really cool stuff coming out from, from Arduino in 2021? Is there any plans for any big news or anything like that? Well, um, yes, definitely yes. <laughs> definitely yes in uh, different sides in uh, hardware. We will continue to... Uh, to uh, release uh, products inside uh, the Portenta family, so we expect uh, expect something uh, in the in the near future. Um, we are actually actively working into some kind of. Uh, um, in some uh, uh, vertical areas like agriculture and uh, industrial automation. So again, uh, you will see in the next quarter uh, new products. Um, we are working very hard on the software side too. 
Um, so uh, probably you you are not aware, uh, but I really strongly uh, encourage you to see what we've done with our CLI, the command line interface. Mm, that it's a really nice tool and powerful tool, uh, and this uh, will be um, uh, will be added. We, we will add features to to that. Uh, we are working on the IDE, um, so there's uh, yeah, there's absolutely a lot of things we launched uh, in the Vision Shield uh, for the Portenta, and uh, we will be able to release uh, other versions. That right right now is based on Ethernet connectivity, but we will add also other connectivities. So yeah, absolutely, there's a lot of things that we will release during this uh, this year. So you see people, if you buy genuine, this is what you're helping to, to accomplish, getting, getting sort of new products out to the market. And um, I mean, I, I run my YouTube channel on the premise that um, you don't need a big budget to, uh, to do electronics. Electronics is actually cheaper today, I would say, than it ever has been, aside from the shipping regulations due to COVID. But um, I encourage my viewers typically to buy um, at least one genuine Arduino and then you can get a bunch of clones to experiment on so you don't blow up your your fancy Arduino <laughs> doing experiments because uh, yeah you know beginners we often uh, plug things in backwards and and uh, I would much rather f fry a five dollar clone than a you know thirty or forty dollar Arduino Yes, absolutely. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. I, of course. Uh, but yeah, consider that when you buy an Arduino uh, genuine product, uh, you really support us. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not not only <laughs> to pay the bill at the end of the the month, but uh, supporting community, creating cool stuff, release uh, freely. Uh, so this is uh, really important for us. Excellent. And so what if these new people that are listening now, they buy your, uh, your starter kit or, uh, or a clone and they develop a product, something that hasn't existed yet. And they take their, you know, Arduino Uno and they sort of, um, uh, integrate that into a commercial product. Is there anything they need to know? Any, anything you should warn them about, uh, caution them about anything that they could, um, end up in either legal trouble or, you know, other kinds of issues with that? No, absolutely not. Uh, if, if you, uh, if you, uh, create a product around our hardware, so you plug, for example, uh, an, uh, an MKR, uh, board into a commercial product, uh, unless you don't touch anything in terms of hardware. Uh, so you just, uh, create, uh, the, the board, uh, uh, the companion board or the carrier board or the shield and you plug it into, uh, the, the, the Arduino board, uh, there's no problem. So you can do it. With without uh, asking uh, any kind of permission. That's that's really fascinating. So cuz I think uh, I think some people do buy uh, or get into microcontrollers with the goal of creating a product and I think it's really important for them to know that uh, that there is no problem in in doing that with uh, Arduino products. You get the product, you prototype, you transfer that prototype into a product and you can just start selling it like that is if that's what I understood from that. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. On the software side, you have to keep in mind that we are open source, so our license, uh, depending on the on the kind of license, depending on the, on the library, uh, because uh, you know, uh, as I said, this uh, um, is a community-driven uh, work, so every kind of uh, uh, library has its own license. But uh, you know, at least uh, if you uh, if you respect all the libraries or the licenses uh, that are generally uh, speaking MIT or GPL or Apache, it really depends. So uh, you you just have to keep in mind that every kind of license has, has its own rules. But apart from that, uh, on the hardware side, you don't have to, you know, uh, doing anything. You can just uh, plug the board, create your products and start selling. That's awesome. And what if you um, put on the side of your product that your product was powered by Arduino? Is that, uh, is that okay too? Uh, as as again, uh, you are you are not allowed to use uh, um, the trademark. So uh, unless you uh, want to doing that, uh, you can contact us and find a way to do that. Uh, because of course, uh, if you use uh, the logo, uh, it could be a trouble. Uh, but at the same time, if you want to create uh, this kind of stuff, we have also some kind of partnership available. Um, so we have uh, the the works with Arduino program uh, that in, in that way help people uh, to, to create products uh, and agree on uh, on the usage of uh, trademarks uh, and uh, logos um, so you you know uh, we are open to discuss for uh, for uh, this kind of projects awesome yeah I think I think that's the the big fear is um, is not knowing where the line sits because I think I think a reasonable person could sit down and think well yeah I didn't write this library so I might have to go check the the library and and whatever but using terms like you know powered by or this inside like that's a little bit more gray and I'm glad you you cleared it up and and I'm also glad that there are sections of Arduino for dealing with people who want to have partnerships or something and discuss this this is um, th this is a, I think these are the questions that um, people wouldn't even think to 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 look up until it's too late right and and obviously um, being in a legal battle is not fun when you uh, when you designed a product right when you've already invested into it you know uh, buying a certain amount of units so so it's really good to hear that there's um, that there's a sort of a, a guideline that you can follow which is good Yes, absolutely. Because again, uh, our uh, commitment is to you know let the people create, let the company create. Uh, so um, we we want we want to help uh, them. So uh, it's really just a matter of asking before, uh, so they can be sure uh, to do the proper steps uh, and to do the proper things uh, in order not to you know break any kind of rules. Uh, so um, apart from that, uh, there's uh, you know we are really open you know to talk with the people that's uh that's really awesome i'm uh i was a little bit um worried that this interview might become a little bit um corporate like a little bit you know like you'd have talking points and that you'd uh, you'd stick to talking points but i'm really glad to see that that your words have meaning when you say community is important um, that boiled all the way down to even the way this interview is going. Um, you're not giving me, you know, pre-written responses. And what you're telling me is not sounding like uh, corporatism. It really just sounds like 
you're some guy that works at our, that works at Arduino and you're interested in this stuff and you're just answering my questions honestly. I really appreciate um, that I can actually get a hold of somebody and it doesn't sound like your your speech is being molded by the company. I really appreciate the openness in that. This, this is this is fantastic for me because I was I was concerned that some people might take some companies might take the podcast as an opportunity to advertise their product, which I don't feel is going on here at all, which is which is great. I just want to thank you for that. Oh well, no problem. Uh, but you have to think that uh, again, uh, the, the, what you call the, the company culture is also this. Uh, uh, we first of all we are passionate about uh, Arduino, so we are uh, we are Arduino users. I'm actually Arduino user. I have a bunch of boards on on my desk, and I like in my spare time in the night, uh, you know, to to create stuff because I'm really passionate about technology. I'm really passionate about. Arduino. Uh, you, you have to do that. You have to be uh, passionate about Arduino if you want to work with us. And uh, and because uh, you know it's it's uh, it's the first thing. Uh, otherwise, uh, um, you will not be uh, really successful. Uh, first of all, you have to be really prepared to be um, opinionated. You have to be prepared, you know, to um, to talk with the people, uh, get uh, advice. So, first one will be you. You have to be uh, open to uh, hear. Uh, I'm always uh, open to hear. Uh, I I love to hear feedbacks. Uh, I love to hear um, anything around the product, uh, anything around uh, the company. At the same time, uh, I would like to be really transparent. So um, and and probably this is the best way uh, to you know keep a safe, keep a health uh, environment and uh, transmit in this way uh, how uh, we are passionate about. Uh, Arduino. Yeah, and it and it obviously comes through, which is which is fantastic. Um, but you've uh, made the mistake of saying that you're an enthusiast as well. So now you're going to have to let me know um, one of your projects that you're really proud of. Can you describe it for the uh, for the listeners? Just any anyone that you're proud of. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, uh, I would say that the last one that I'm working on that I'm really, you know, it would be really nice. Um, it's uh, by using uh, the Portenta H7 plus the Vision Shield that adds uh, um, the, the the vision of uh, of the world of the of the world, and uh, I'm working on a project to detect. Uh, um, uh, to detective, uh, uh, there's a, uh, a, a defective, uh, defective thing uh, in uh, in um, in uh, in a product. So basically, uh, I'm joking uh, because uh, there's a lot of you know things that can be done, but sometimes it's different and uh, it's difficult to find some some ideas. So I like to experiment. And, um, and so this is uh, the, the latest one, uh, but I created, of course, uh, a weather station <laughs> that it's uh, <laughs> one of the more, uh, probably three or four different ways of, uh, of uh, these uh, weather stations. I love to, uh, to, to play with the motors, so rovers, mm, and uh, um, I 
plan uh, to modify my Roomba uh, to add uh, some more, you know, uh, things uh, uh, to expand the capabilities uh, of the Roomba. So I was uh, interested in uh, doing stuff like indoor um, uh, tracking of the Roomba and uh, and I bought a bunch of uh, you know uh, ultra sensor distance sensors uh, and I'm trying to experiment uh, that that's awesome I could be reaching here because uh, he's not often found by um, electronics makers but do you know of a creator called Michael Reeves on YouTube oh no and that and that's fine because uh, you know a lot of people don't don't know him, but he's done some Roomba modifications. But his his shtick is that he um, he makes the he makes terrible modifications almost by <laughs> purpose. So he had a modification to a Roomba where he added uh, three um, uh, quad cop actually they were EDF uh, um, RC ducted fan motors. Mm. to the Roomba and so when it was done a room uh, he would be able to fly it up the stairs and it would land on the second floor and then it would clean the second floor and then um, I guess he found it worked uh, too well so he made an even worse mod he uh, he programmed it to to swear to yell swear words when it hit a wall (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah but you saying but that's this is the thing you saying that you're modifying a Roomba brings up all sorts of there's all sorts of people who do all sorts of things I'm not sure if he I think he did specifically use an Uno for the uh, the swearing robot but I mean the the possibilities are endless which is fantastic yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. S- I just need to learn the NRF 24L01 and then I can finally make, um, basically I want to log the temperature of uh, the different floors in my house because my house is poorly insulated. So I wanted to see what the temperature fluctuations were uh, over time with the DHT11 or DHT12 on the on the different floors of, of the house. But, you know, again, I gotta got to learn those other microcontrollers. I wish the NRF system was as easy to use as an uno for example that would mm. be that would be fantastic yeah yeah absolutely this uh, this kind of uh, environmental you know monitoring systems uh, uh, they are you know uh, really really nice so i have uh, uh, i have one in my basement because i want to you know check the temperature there uh, that communicates through lora um, connectivity and um, so yeah that that kind of uh, things are really really interesting and and uh, you know fun you know can you uh, can you describe uh, lora um, cuz I think I, I know it's some sort of uh, protocol, but I don't know too much about it. But you've mentioned it a few times. So maybe we should go over what it is for the listeners. Yes, sure. LoRa, it's um, it's um, uh, a protocol, a radio protocol uh, that. It's, um, it's under the umbrella of the LP1 kind of protocols, so long range, wide area. So basically, uh, the idea, if you can, uh, if you want to compare uh, the different kind of transmissions, you can uh, have uh, um, the Wi-Fi, you can have uh, the 3G, 4G, so cellular connectivity, that basically provides uh, a huge amount of data, but they 
they have also a huge amount of power needed for run. Um, on the other side, you have uh, different kind of protocols that are basically more dedicated for uh, uh, long communication uh, in terms of uh, distance and uh, low power needs. Of course, uh, uh, they cannot carry on uh, a huge amount of data. So we are talking about uh, small packets um, that can be sent uh, in uh, great uh, uh, distances. So for example, the LoRa connectivity can uh, can send packets uh, uh, depending uh, on the environment. So talking about uh, urban context, uh, you can send packets in uh, one kilometer, 1.5 kilometers or, you know, one miles uh, for your audience <laughs> um, in, in distance. Uh, so this, what, that, what does it mean? That you can send small packets, uh, uh, bytes, we're talking about bytes, um, but the longer uh, in a long distance uh, without uh, the need of a huge amount of power transmission. So the RF part, it's really, um, um, it's really effective, uh, for, for those kind of con of uh, transmission. So the, uh, the advantages of using this kind of, uh, uh transmissions protocol is that uh, you can run also on batteries, uh, and you can send uh, a really long distance, uh, packets. So in my case, for example, I'm using LoRa in my basement because uh, the 3G connectivity doesn't work. Um, and uh, the only one, uh, the only the only protocol that was working was uh, was the LoRa. Also because the, I don't have any kind of Wi-Fi connectivity in the basement. And so in that case it was really useful uh, because uh, I was uh, able to send uh, uh, these packets uh, uh, through uh, the walls, also underground. It works also underground and um, and in that case was the only one protocol that I can be uh, that can be used for uh, for that kind of purpose yeah just so the listeners uh, can put into context if the if you go outside your your house uh, typically by the time you get to the road even if you live very close to the road you have nearly no Wi-Fi left on your phone like your your router uh, the two the the, the 2.4 gigahertz and the 5 gigahertz that your router produces those are very high frequency signals uh, that can carry a lot of data, but they are attenuated easily. They're easily blocked and reflected and, and sort of stopped by structure. Now, uh, LoRa functions at far lower um, transmission speeds. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I yeah, believe... Yeah, you're uh, perfectly right. Yeah, I believe it's in the 400, uh, 433 megahertz, maybe up to 900 megahertz uh, range. So far lower, that means the wavelength is far longer, which means it penetrates objects a lot better and it goes further for the same amount of power. But if you think about the, the waveform, you've got the 2.4 gigahertz is, is 2.4 billion peaks per second. I believe that's what it means. And you got 433 megahertz, that's 433 million peaks per second. So the data transmission rate is far lower. So it goes further for the same amount of power, but it cannot carry as much data because those peaks are spread much further apart. I think that's the gist of it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. You you explain it better than me. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, good, good to know that I got it right because that's... Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's my automotive background, though, because uh, most car remote controls um, run in the LoRa range, like four four thirty three to nine hundred ish megahertz. Depends on depends on the frequency. Same as a garage door opener, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Depending on the country, because each country has its own regulation, but basically, yes, it's uh, 433 and uh, 915, 868 in Europe. So it really depends on on the country too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Towards the tail end of the podcast, I like to ask the exact same question of every one of my guests just to get a different, uh, the different reactions from from different people. Um, And so here goes for you. Um, so the setup is that there is a government grant. So think, uh, unlimited money, uh, goes out to you to start a business of your choice. Uh, it doesn't have to be profitable. It just has to provide a service or a product. Uh, what do you think you would do with that? Wow. That's, uh, that's a good question. Um, well, probably I would uh, start a product uh, for um, for children, um, some kind of uh, way for um, I'm you know totally <laughs> talking uh, out loud, right? So yep, that's that, uh, that's the point of this. It's uh, it's it's meant to get your instant sort of. I guess I'm I'm trying to tease out what you would do if time and money wasn't an issue, basically. Okay, um, so I'm uh, basically I'm a positive guy. So I would like to create a product for uh, children that uh, right now they don't, they cannot be happy uh, for many reasons. And so probably I would create a product that uh, make um, children happy. Yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant plan. For sure. Everybody likes happy children. Yeah. Would it be, um, and you don't know what specifically it would be, it would just be something that would make them happy. Yeah, that's uh, probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that uh, could uh, tell uh, stories, uh, like a storyteller uh, from uh, um, people around the world. So uh, imagine uh, uh, ch- children's in Africa that can learn about uh, uh, stories that comes from Mexico and uh, funny stories and uh, so at the same time they can uh, can be happy uh, at the same time they can learn about uh, other people uh, that there are people around the world the children like them and uh, these kind of things that's a very noble goal that's that's awesome yeah yeah I, I really like and uh, and so one of the other thing that uh, I mean come in my mind is that one of the Probably uh, one of the proud things that uh, Arduino can do is, uh, again, um, make uh, the children uh, to create things. So it's one of the, th- uh, you know, I don't know if you are aware of about the Maker Fairs. Maker Fairs are uh, these kind of events that uh, happens um, many times during the year, and they are almost uh, uh, based uh, on uh, the makers. 
And uh, every time that I uh, attend uh, Maker Faire, uh, it's always uh, uh, really uh, uh, something that I'm really proud uh, because Arduino make possible for the children to create uh, things. And it, you can imagine that uh, uh, really uh, the uh, our mind it's uh, uh, only uh, it's uh, sort of only limitation because uh, you can think about uh, anything you can uh, you can imagine and uh, you can do it. Uh, and so uh, using uh, an Arduino board to create uh, something that can be helpful, but created by children, uh, it's something that it's uh, really impressive. And uh, I saw uh, robotic arms created for uh, handicapped people. Uh, I saw uh, uh, motors uh, used by wheelchairs. Uh, and uh, so it, it's really interesting. It's really mm, fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, I think I use uh, Arduino a lot. I'm a, I'm a, I teach uh, automotive mechanics as a profession. I've been a mechanic for over 15 years now. And um, I use the Arduino uh, as the default example that uh, if something can be controlled electronically, you can control it using Arduino. Because I think um, there's a lot of um, mysticism behind how electronics function, and especially in modern cars, for example. But I think uh, a base knowledge in microcontrollers uh, shows you that the the world. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this might be controversial. The more the world is a bit more boring than you thought. Like uh, as soon as you start understanding how microcontrollers work and how you can start controlling them, um, a lot of the mystery on the things that happen all around us vanishes. Mind you, there's really clever code behind behind certain things. I'm not saying I'm not trying to diminish that, but uh, understanding that it all boils down to the flipping of uh, zeros and ones logic gates and and stuff like that really demystifies uh, a lot of the stuff around us and i think when kids go to maker fairs and get their eyes opened to the possibilities that the things you see in the store um don't you don't need to be a billion dollar company to make one or to have one or to work on one you you could literally make it out of you know you can make a an arduino controlled robot arm out of popsicle sticks, hot glue, and a couple servos. I think that demystifying of the concept is very important for, for young kids because I think that's what inspires them to go off and pursue these things. And I don't know if you, if you agree, but at least this is my perspective on it. The demystifying is an important part of it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You are totally right. Um, so seeing uh, uh, kids uh, uh, playing around, uh, playing around the electronics, but the electronic side at some point becomes, uh, you know, a side thing because uh, it's the idea, the most important thing and uh, letting people, uh, you know, to, to use the electronics, but it's not the goal of, uh, you know, of the project use electronics. The goal is the idea. So um, letting people, uh, you know, to use this kind of electronics uh, in a manner that they can 
um, they can do things, do stuff, innovate, um, uh, create uh, ideas and, uh, and whatever. Uh, but they have a goal and the electronic is, uh, is, uh, is a help. It's not a blocker, right? So uh, in that case, uh, it's, uh, it's really um, fantastic to see how they, they use it. Yeah. Would you ever consider um, some sort of Arduino product aimed at very young kids, like three and four years old? Maybe something with uh, mechanical switches um, driving things instead of uh, having them plug into a computer and write code? Um, yes, uh, we are always, uh, <clears throat> we have different products, but yes, we, uh, we start to, uh, you know, with the coding experience. So basically, uh, we have tools, uh, we have products, uh, that are around the coding. Of course, coding is, uh, Mm, it's a little bit higher uh, when uh, when it comes to you know uh, the age, um, but uh, yes, we are uh, thinking about that. But it's uh, it's not easy because uh, it, it's uh, uh, it's a combination of gaming and uh, it's a combination of electronics. So uh, this is probably the the most uh, mm, uh, the most difficult thing, right? So because uh, there's are um, some kind of uh, uh, ideas that have to be. You know, uh, you have to be prepared, and uh, and creating such such uh, kind of products, uh, it's interesting. Uh, we are thinking about, but right now we don't have any um, Arduino products in that side. Yeah, I was just thinking because I use so I use mechanical switches to. Um, demystify Arduino even to mm. uh, my viewers. So I was driving uh, stepper motors, for example, with mechanical switches. Uh, so I went over my code and, you know, the, the code for a stepper motor is just is just pulling lines higher, pulling lines low in a certain order. So then I was uh, emulating it with mechanical switches and making the the uh, motors step. And I think for people who don't understand code, which is I, I um I sympathize with because code is not obvious if especially C I find is a little bit uh, um, uh, difficult to read if you're not uh, proficient in code um, I find that that kind of so you use mechanical switches to just show the the highs and lows and I believe that um, having some sort of board with mechanical uh, switches and maybe a motor driver and a little fan or something would probably be um, a good way to introduce electronics to to younger like much younger kids and maybe even a, a switch to flip between you know uh, pwm and then and then turning a potentiometer versus flipping it to the you know logic high low just uh just i guess spitballing live here on, on the podcast basically yeah, that's uh, it. Makes a lot of sense. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, uh, programming is a, big, a little bit step, you know, farther or beyond uh, the, the initial steps. Uh, so having something that uh, you know could be really easy, uh, like pushing a button or switching uh, something that uh, you know lights up in an LED or whatever it is uh, uh, to show up how uh, the things are moving. So the electronic, the, the electricity probably. Um, it's uh, it's concept concept that it's uh, more easier uh, you know to, to, to be understood from uh, for younger people oh yeah for sure um 
Do you uh, do you have anything that you would like to uh, that you would like to tell the audience? Anything, um, maybe words of encouragement or maybe suggestions for uh, for beginner makers or people who aren't uh, quite experts at uh, microcontrollers? Do you have anything you'd like to say to them? Well, for the uh, for the beginners, I would say that uh, uh, don't think too much and uh, and and start to experiment. So uh, don't be shy. Don't uh, have uh, the the fear to you know fail in something uh, because the most important thing is to continue to try uh, and continue to experiment. So it, this is the only way uh, to you know to go further and uh, you know to, to create to learn. Uh, so don't be shy. Don't be fear to 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 fail. And for the experienced uh, more experienced user, uh, try out our boards <laughs> of course uh, because uh, I think that um, we are doing a lot of uh, good stuff out there and uh, and uh, you know again uh, I would say that uh, you don't have to ask permission to innovate so think about this those are fantastic words and uh I want to thank you again for your time, Andrea. I, I still can't believe that uh, someone from Arduino made time to be on this pokey little podcast. I'm um, really happy to have you as a guest. And anytime you want to come back, you're, you're more than welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for hosting me. I'm really happy to do that. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? We can, we can do it again. Awesome. And thank you guys for listening. If you have any specific questions uh, for Andrea, put them in the comment section. And uh, I have his email, so um, I can shoot them back. And if you have a lot of questions, then uh, maybe I can convince him to come on to a second episode. But uh, for now, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. So thank you and uh, see you next time.